Welcome back to a little talking about Mormonism, otherwise known as Mormon talk. Dave, today we're germinating termination. Plant that seed and let it roll. And speaking of rolling and spinning, I found something that you might get a little kick out of here. Ready for this, Dave? Uh, bring it on. Sit and spin. You put it together. Yes. You put it together. You put it oh, together. It, it's up up to you to build this toy that oh. so, is so engaging that you lose consciousness of reality around you. If you spin yeah. fast enough, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess <Okay>. so. Perfect. <laughs> Wow. Sit and spin, germinating termination. What the fuck are we talking about? Well, that's usually the question, isn't it? When you tune in to our podcast. Hopefully we'll clear some of this up. Eh, Dave? Well, yes. one of my favorite things to say to people because of my normal interaction is always leave them guessing. Hmm. What the fuck? are they thinking about this time? Yeah, the church is good until, at that, too. Yeah, oh, well, God, <laughs> I guess that Mormon part of me just came out again. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, oh, grab that. Oh, all right. That's dinner, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> fun episode today, I think, guys. On the concept, I'm going to spill the beans here, Dave, the concept of faith. In the church. Yes, faith. We've talked about very much related concepts in the past. The spirit, which goes directly with this concept. We had a whole mm -hmm. episode on that. It talked about it a hundred times. Faith, repentance, baptism. Faith being the first of the three major principles as people are taught. Now, that says something right there, doesn't it? That it's, it is the sure first... Foremost and yeah. the most pronounced of these mechanisms in the Mormon church. If you don't have faith, how's any of the rest of it going to work? Yeah. If you don't believe in something that has no evidence, <laughs> how is any of this going to work? <laughs> That's basically what they're, what they're suggesting. Lots of stuff to share today, guys. Hope we don't go too long with you, but I think you'll enjoy it. At least I hope you do. So let's start, Dave, with a little bit of LDS, LDS Church in the, the News. <laughs> All right. Gollum. <clears throat> Thanks, Gollum. <laughs> if I could do a good Gollum just on the spot, I would probably accommodate you with a quote, but LDS apostle vows support for social justice groups as long as they're not undercutting the Constitution. <laughs> yes, says okay. Elder Quentin L. Cook. Quote, we all support peaceful efforts to overcome racial and social injustice. 
This needs to be accomplished, Elder Quintnell Cook told faculty at the church-owned Brigham Young University in Provo, and he urged his listeners to, quote, be on the forefront of righteously repenting and following the counsel of LDS Church President Rusty Nell, who asked us to, quote, build bridges of cooperation rather than walls of segregation, unquote. So just a couple notes out of the article from Cook, some intentionally or not, are trying to undermine our country's founding history and the United States Constitution, Cook said. Of course, he's probably only talking about one piece of it. Quote, whether by intention or by myopia, both effects are regrettable. My concern is that some are also trying to undermine the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights that has blessed this country and protected people of all faiths. Oh, it's about faiths. I knew there was a message in here. Mm-hmm. Quote, we need to protect religious freedom. Far too many have turned from the worship of and accountability to God, unquote. Um, okay, so when the pilgrims came over to this country and they were running from religious persecution, mm-hmm. they inflicted the same upon each other relentlessly. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's just write a document and then all that shit will go away. Yeah. As we can see in current news that it's all gone away. Okay. Yeah, well, and here's one of my favorite pieces of the article because this is about social justice and, you know, racism and that whole topic that's been exploding recently. Mm-hmm. You'll love this. In his Monday speech, Cook acknowledged that Young, Brigham Young, Quote, said things about race that fall short of our standards today. <laughs> he just fucking cut him off at the knees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saying that, quote, some of wow. his beliefs and words reflected the culture of his time, unquote. They always play that harp. Oh, he was a man of his time. And back to a comment you made during an episode we did not too long ago, David. Yes, but, capital but... He was the fucking prophet. And I thought God was timeless. That's right. So if anyone on the whole fucking earth during the time of Brigham Young should have not been racist in their comments, do you think it would have been the prophet of God? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Maybe. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's see. But the 79-year-old apostle insisted the church's second president, Young, taught that, quote, of one blood has God made all flesh. We don't care about the color, unquote. Yeah, Young said some contradictory stuff quite a bit. Of course, no prophets have before or after. So we're pretty (laughs) solid on the commentary from other prophets. Here, I'll end with this because we could go on forever. It is distressing Cook says, when the church and its leaders are unfairly criticized, especially by mm. those who purport to be faithful adherents to its doctrine. Oh, God is always fair, mm-hmm. by the way. Yes. Keep that in mind about everything. He's, he's fair. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Much of the criticism is, quote, powerful, direct, and divisive, Cook said, oh, and sometimes no. maybe, quote, meant to destroy faith, unquote. And again, back to the concept of faith that we're talking about today. Nowadays, quote, 
People are dismissive, highly critical, or disparaging of prior leaders, he said, whether in government, academia, or religious leaders, including our own. Well, I wonder why. Because the history that's been discovered is pretty fucking ugly. The last little tidbit here for LDS Church in the News, speaking of members who are disparaging the church, Jana Rice. Because <laughs> we all know we get to be temple recommend holders in the church and criticize it when we feel like the brethren aren't matching our opinions. Right, Dave? <laughs> yeah, that, that'll fly every time. Because that flies. Says she in her Salt Lake Tribune column, I'm loving the LDS Church's new online temple prayer roll system. Yeah. Loving? Loving it. And she's not critical this time or cynical in her statement. She loves it, you know. Bunch of people need prayers. All you got to do is put in your member ID, sign on to this portal, and you can submit prayers to the prayer roll. Okay. Yeah. So there, there <laughs> is a value to prayer. It's not the one assigned by the LDS Church. Right. It is a mental faculty that is employed mm -hmm. that does have an effect and we'll get into that later in this podcast we will but that's that's not what she's talking about <laughs> no and again it's this ironic post from her article because when she's ready to criticize what the brethren say or do she certainly does and the irony there being that they are quote-unquote called of god and we've been commanded by the brethren hello d hoax not to criticize the brethren. And remember the uh, little add-on there at the end, Dave. Even if the criticism is true. <laughs> That's my favorite. Oh, I love it so much. That's my favorite. All right, let's, ju let's jump in, Dave, after that little tailspin to a little bit of For Your Information. Okay, so I have some continuity in what I will share, meaning that my first statement will match my ending statement. Wait a minute, uh, wait a minute. In, in, in regards to what the church was involved in, so wait, wait a minute. Are you talking about, you're going to present your stuff today in chiasmus? Oh my God. God, it doesn't quite fit that pattern. But thank <laughs> God that Joseph Smith knew about it as he copied it from the book of Isaiah oh, okay. to the book of Mormon. Oh, what a genius. Oh, my God, he's a genius. He only had a year and a half of formal education, but he knew about chiasmus. Uh, yeah. Wow. Fuck, what a you know, genius. Wow. Okay. okay. Anyway, this is just this is some fun. <laughs> 1938. Uh, I was just a youngster. Hang on. Wait a minute. 38. <laughs> <laughs> okay, January 5th. Charles E. Bitterman, and you'll recognize that name, notarizes a statement that he has sold for $50 to collector Wilford C. Wood, Joseph Smith's silver piece inscribed, Confirmo Odeus Potesimus, and that his stepmother frequently said, 
that this medallion belonged to Smith. Comparison of this artifact with illustrations for Francis Barrett's 1901, the Magus or the Magi, magicians, that's what he means, mm -hmm. verifies that this Jupiter talisman right. inscribed according to the instructions in Barrett's book. So again, this is probably the third time yeah. we brought the talisman up uh -huh. in these readings. He believed in magic. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like the third time we brought that up. That, thing, that thing's getting around. I wonder and who we'll, owns it today. We'll finish yeah. with a statement about his mother's belief in such practices. Ah. Okay, but for now, August 14th, 1938, the first Deseret Industry Store opens with its dual purpose of providing low-cost used items, as well as employment for the disabled and the elderly. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Oh, that's nice. Oh, they're so lovely. They're so <laughs> kind. Okay. And, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. No, it's, it, it is, in all seriousness, I think those kind of places are a good idea. Well, we could talk about what percentage of the actual income that the church is producing goes to welfare and mm. helping the poor and low single uh, digits. Yeah. Low single yeah. digits. Okay. okay. Anyway. In the church section of the church news. So I shouldn't have to say that because it just says church section. Right. There's an article and this is all it says. This is the title of the article. Are men of earth gods in embryo? Uh, uh, let's go back to Missouri and see how that worked out. When <laughs> Joseph was preaching that shit back in 1938. <laughs> not a, not a well-received response. Yeah. yeah let's that... jump into the next year real quick. January 23, 1939. First counselor, J. Reuben Clark, confides to Brigham Young, university's president, that in 1938, church spent nearly 900000 more than its revenues. That's... That, because God is not a really good bookkeeper. He's, <laughs> that's he's not good at math. Oh, that's, that's right. George Carlin straightened us out on that. God is... He's, he's, not, he's the... the, yeah. the Leader of the universe, the most intelligent being yeah. ever, but he's just not good at math. Okay, totally different subject. July 1st, Nazi Gestapo arrests two American LSD missionaries <laughs> in, <laughs> in Czechoslovakia and put them and two other missionaries. Why didn't they just say they arrested four? I anyway, don't know. I into know. prison. Maybe it's because the other two weren't LDS. So four total. They were LSD. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> I August 18th. This one's great. <laughs> you gotta love this shit. First presidency agrees to allow a Southern woman who looks Caucasian to be endowed in the Salt Lake Temple, despite the fact that her membership record is marked Negro blood. Now check this out. Reason for their decision is that apostle 
George F. Richards already gave her a patriarchal blessing, which declares her lineage as Ephraim through Joseph and Israel. <laughs> um, uh, this sounds like a duplicate of something that yeah. you shared a while ago. Like, this yeah. isn't the first time so, this happened. Right, right. Yeah. It's okay. I gave her a patriarchal blessing. She might be a Negro, but she's from Israel. That makes a lot of sense. That just, I get it, man. All okay. you got to do is have a little bit of blood. I got, of Israel. I got two yeah. more, and we're going to yeah. end on this one from Joe's mommy. Uh-oh. Okay, 1940. Oh, a new year. 1940. First presidency asked Apostle Joseph Fielding Smith to chair, check this out, the Literature Censorship Committee. The Literature Censorship Committee. So it started, at least back in 1940, meaning what? Let's be careful at what we disseminate, what we say. So again, the early history, it was just balls to the wall at the pulpit, just spilling shit all over, saying shit that, well, uh, you know, hopefully nobody will check anything about what I'm saying. And it'll all turn out good. Now we have a committee to make sure that we say and teach the right kind of shit. Yeah. 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 Fast forward to today and you're talking like the Committee for the Welfare of the Saints. Right? Right. Thank you, uh, uh, Jowls. Yeah. Lying fucking bullshit about that committee. I'm I'm not aware of what they did. I'm not on that committee. Okay, my final <laughs> May 23rd, the church section prints Mrs. Horace Eaton's 1881 account that the prophet's mother, Lucy Mack Smith, performed various forms of divination, including palmistry. <laughs> Reading palms is harmless because it's fucking nonsense and i don't know if you know what that involves but you have lines if you hold your hand out oh yeah there are lines and there's one that's called the lifeline and there's Mm -hmm. one that's your wealth every line in your palm represents something and now we're going to tell you about your life from Mm. the lines in in your palm Mm -hmm. and so lucy was involved in such practices i just wanted to make a full circle on this fucking occult practices embedded in the very first family. And if you think about it, Joseph Smith founded the church, sure, but it was a family. It was him and his family, the influence of his mother, his father, Sidney Rigdon, Oliver Cowdery, Martin Harris. Would he have ever done this on his own? I doubt it. I really do. Not successfully anyway. Yeah. I mean, we saw how successful his former stuff was, right? It it just wasn't very successful. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to take advantage of other people. Martin Harris was a tool completely. To Joseph. And then when you're in it, right, you support him to a certain point. You're kind of stuck in a way if you care about your reputation and things. Well, you can't backpedal. Yeah. At a certain point, there's no way you can. Yeah. It's that whole sunk cost fallacy, right? Where you've got cost that you've put into this and, and, oh, shit, I guess I better 
act like this guy's legit and support him. And that happens in business. It happens in a lot of things in life. For people to say that there's no way that that happened with Joseph in the church is kind of short-sighted. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, bro. So guys, we're talking today about the concept of faith. I call it the ultimate placebo. We'll talk about why we call it germinating termination (laughs) in a moment here. That'll make sense. First of all, let's get like a definition, like a, a common definition yeah, of the word faith. Yeah, bring it up, bring it up. Make so, sure we're, yeah. we're So the word faith, uh, even if you just look at dictionary.com, wherever you go. So there's a couple definitions here. I'll read both of them. The second one is really what we're talking about because it's more religious based. So the first definition, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So it gives mm. a quote. This restores one's faith in politicians, unquote, right? So like my confidence and trust in such and such. Okay, a concept. Number two is kind of what we're talking about with regard to the LDS Church today. Strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So no evidence. No evidence per se, right? Just it's spiritual based. Apprehension. Yeah. So now we're, we're back to feelings. We're, we don't want to go down that road just yet, but, but that's what the word means. Yes. Oh, a feeling. And in the church, what we see, I'm mentioning these three, although we'll really only talk about the second one. There's three general phases as taught about faith in the church of Jesus Christ. Not only is it the first principle of the gospel, with faith, repentance, baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost, right? The very first step in this three-part process that involves faith is you don't even have faith in something yet, a particular thing. You're not maybe as familiar with it. When you hear about it, you have a willingness to learn. So you have a desire or a willingness to learn about something so that you might believe in it, okay? That's like step one. So then maybe you hear about this thing and compare it to missionaries teach you the whatever lesson or something. Now I have faith in that concept. That sounds like an interesting thing, or I might want Mm -hmm. to pursue that. I have faith in that. So I believe that that might be true. I'm going to follow this principle or this commandment or this ceremony or this doctrine, whatever it is. And then the church teaches when you do that, you get knowledge, which is greater than faith. So faith is just this belief in something that you don't know yet. But the church teaches actively, you're to work toward not just having faith your whole life. You want to have knowledge about certain things. So for example, I have faith in the concept uh, or the law of tithing. So I pay my tithing all the time, blah, 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 blah. I see X, Y, Z, which I'm going to presume is evidence of some kind. Now I have knowledge. So now I and don't the even main, have faith The main anymore. feature of attaining this knowledge, the main is, benefit, is that now you can get up in fast and testimony meeting mm-hmm. and you can repetitively say about various and sundry topics, I know. I know. I know. Which I know. means yes. you're basically saying I've 
paid the price. I've gone through the fucking treadmill. Mm -hmm. I outran the hamsters, <laughs> and I came out on top, and I know. I so sat and fuck spun. all of you weak people who only think you know or believe. Yes. I know. <laughs> and here's... Here's the thing with that, Dave, and we won't focus on this because we did an entire podcast episode, Emotion, Emotion, the Magical Ocean, about this concept of the spirit in the church. So a little spoiler there. How do you know when you have faith and you follow these things and something happens and so now you have knowledge? The way that you know is the spirit. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's your That's your evidence. The spirit. I felt good, so now I know. So that's the three-part stage. Okay. Because Dave. I expected to feel good, because that's the only logical response that could be produced, because <laughs> the other response is not acceptable. So, of course, I had that. <laughs> right. uh, any yes. problem? Yes. Is there any problem here? No. Right. Even more problematic spoilers, right, as we talk about this process. So... You have some verses, some holy writ, as it were. Mind, dear okay, Bruder. There, there are chapters, <laughs> bro, broster. Bruder. <laughs> Bruder. There are chapters in the Book of Mormon which are more quoted than others. Among them, Alma 32. Ah, yes. I selected just a few, three or four verses. Mm. This is a supposed treatise on faith, but keep in mind, this is from the mind of Joseph Smith. A.K.A. Alma, Alma in this Alma never instance. existed. So, <laughs> so Dave, uh, if you'll treat us with your best rendition of Alma's actual voice as you okay. share these verses with us, if you... Yay! Uh, there are many who do say, if thou wilt show unto me a sign from heaven, then we shall know of a surety, and then we shall believe. Now, I ask, is this faith? <laughs> Behold, I say unto you, nay. Because I'm a horse. For if a man... Check this shit out. If a man knoweth a thing... He hath no cause to believe, for he knoweth it. Uh, is that self-negating? I don't know what. Well, I Hang guess. It, yeah. it gets better. Yeah. It gets better. Mm -hmm. The confusion ensues. Verse 21. And now, as I said concerning faith, faith is not to have a perfect knowledge of things. Therefore, if ye have faith, ye hope. Now we've just changed the word to hope. You mm -hmm. hope for things which are not seen, but they're true. And how do you know that they're true? Well, hang on. Let me show you how. That's you kind of important, true. right? Because, I mean, just pausing for a second there. All right, I want to go through this process of gaining knowledge about the gospel. So I, I got to first have faith. Got it. I hope these things are true. Well, okay, maybe these they sound good. But it's not faith unless it's faith in something that's true. Hold on a second. <laughs> How do I know it's true? Well, here's the process. Here yeah. we go. Okay, here we Verse go. Verse 27. Yeah. Right. But behold, if you will awake and arouse your faculties. And I've done that on various occasions. Well, almost, every <laughs> almost every morning. Almost every morning. 
Oh, my faculties are aroused. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, guys. All right. Even to an experiment. And here's the word. This is scientific now. Scientific. Okay. Experiment upon my words and exercise a particle of faith. Okay, so the mustard seed kind of uh -huh. thing going on. Uh -huh. Yea, even if you can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you even until you believe in a manner that you can give place for a portion of my words. In other words, just extinguish your critically thinking mind. Uh -huh. Put it to bed. It's night-night time <laughs> for, for the mind. And just keep building. Oh, I just want it to be true. I want to God believe this. damn, I want... It's got to be true. <laughs> oh, Auntie M. Auntie M, it's got to be true. The Wizard of Oz is real. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> for fuck's sakes, look at this language. Yeah. And I'm going to end with a final verse. And now, behold, is your knowledge perfect? This is the end of the process. Right. Yay, your knowledge is perfect in that thing, and your faith is dormant. Well, you don't need faith anymore because you know. Yeah, and he goes through that oh. whole thing, you know, that you oh. graciously skipped for us. You plant the seed. Yeah. The seed grows. I'd already brought right. it up. But yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So you're germinating. That's the title of our podcast today, by the way, if you didn't figure that out already. You're germinating. What do you mean by termination? You're planting the process of thought termination. <laughs> so when you implore the word, yes, but I have faith... You immediately exclude the use of your fucking mind yeah. in this process. In other words, oh, no, that's not needed any longer because I know. I already know. I don't have to use my mind anymore. For fuck's sakes, I paid the price. I planted the seed. I watered it. I shit on it. I pissed on it. <laughs> it's growing. It's growing, yes. Now I know, and I've pluck the fruit by the way the end of the discourse is you shall pluck the fruit of eternal life yes yes oh That's what's better the than that fruit I think the ultimate wow. fruit there's a commercial so guys i mean we'll get into this more in a few quotes here whenever you get to the point of okay well what are the fruits what's the evidence that this is growing that whole topic right of did I put my faith in something that's that's real, right? Like, am I seeing results? The results aspect is the most vague, kind of ethereal, nebulous concept around this whole discussion of faith. And it's based on things like, we just said, the spirit, emotional feelings, right? Oh, oh I feel a burning in my bosom. That means this is good fruit. That means this is true. So what? results also synonymous with evidence. So evidence. If I say to a fellow employee yes. who I've entrusted with various tasks, go ahead. I, I need you to get this done, and I need it done by 12 o'clock, okay? And he turns to me and says, oh, God, okay, I, I, I think I should be able to do it. And I respond... I have faith in you. Mm -hmm. That's based on the fact that every other fucking task that I've 
required of this employee has been faithfully executed yes. and accomplished yes. at, in the required time. And so, yes, I have faith, but that's evidence. Yes. There is no evidence in the spiritual process being described here. None. No, I love that analogy, Dave, because if you thought of this guy as a supervisor and this employee, they're asking, hey, I have faith. Why are you saying you have faith in them to do that? Like you just said, maybe they've asked them to do something similar, you know, 10 times in the last few months, and they've done it every time. Every time. So that, my friends, is actual, visible, demonstrative evidence. Or results, as you or said. Or results, results, right? Yeah. And, and now, now, you couldn't say all of Alma's teachings here and say, so you take that supervisor aside and you say, hey, dude, let me ask you a question. Do you know, capital K, do you know 100% that that guy's going to go do what you just asked him? Well, very few people could say yes, because let's say the guy trips on the way or, you know, some fluke happens, right? Chaos. You don't know, but your faith is pretty damn strong, right? In that, it, because right. based again on what? Evidence. So again, we're, we don't want to derail too far there, but the evidence that the church promises you is not that type of evidence. It's not physical it's, it's manifestation. Nothing, it's nothing more than a feeling. It's a feeling. You, know, you don't want to go back into a, mm. a second, third, fourth, or fifth podcast on feelings, but that is the results that they want you to measure. Mm. A nebulous, fucking ephemeral, a nothingness. Transient is one That's word. word. Right? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, yeah, man, and... Here's what makes it worse. I know we're kind of derailing a little, thankfully not from the topic, but from my agenda here, but we'll get to it. What makes it worse is, well, can I compare my feelings to others, right? Like, okay, well, how should I feel? Well, here you go. Everybody feels the spirit a little differently. Oh, that helps. Thanks. So I don't really even know <laughs> what I should be feeling per se. Oh, I, 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 ooh, I feel kind of good. I guess that's the spirit question mark. Oh yeah, that's the spirit. Oh, it's a oh, default oh, mechanism. Oh, okay. Again, going back to what I said, yeah. that's the only choice. You can only yeah. feel good as a result of your inquiry. And what what is an inquiry? Usually it involves prayer. Well, pray about it. So that's the answer mm. to every problem that you have with Mormonism. Well, you just haven't prayed about it. All right. Well, and once you do, you'll get that response. And by the way, it can only be this one response. And if it's anything else, it's probably from that other dude. Speaking of which, dark, dark side of the valley. It's a great segue, bro, because we're going <laughs> to share a little snippet here from Pupe Dork. Now, call out to Thinker of Thoughts again, our dear, dear friend who we do daily luncheons and afternoon never met tea him. <laughs> and weekend barbecues with who's never met us Sorry. probably wouldn't Sorry. like us if he did meet us you know whatever thinker of thoughts did a great little snippet here from puke dork and so call out to him it's titled satan causes doubt allow church leaders to override your reasoning and judgment <laughs> okay 
Here we go. It's about three minutes and we're going to play the whole thing because it's worth it. Here we go, folks. As we all know, it is difficult enough to sort out the truth from our own experiences. What? To make matters worse. What? We have an adversary, the oh. devil, who as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Satan is the great deceiver, the accuser of the brethren, the father of all lies, who continually seeks to deceive that might overthrow us. The adversary has many cunning strategies for keeping mortals from the truth. Because he's smarter he than offers us. offers the belief that truth is relative. Uh-oh. Appealing to our sense of tolerance and fairness, he keeps the real truth hidden by claiming that one person's truth is as valid as any other. Uh-oh. Yeah. Some, he entices to believe that there's an absolute truth out there somewhere, somewhere. but that it is impossible for oh, anyone for to know it. For those who already embrace the truth, his primary strategy is to spread the seeds of doubt. Oh. Pause there, because you know what he said in another talk. Doubt your doubts. We'll visit that at the very end of the episode. Let's continue this. For example, he has caused many members of the church to stumble when they discover information about the church that seems to contradict what they had learned previously. Okay, I, I have to pause there again because it that seems yeah, it royally, royally pisses me off. This is like university level gaslighting, guys. This, uh, this are you fucking kidding me? If I was there, I would literally almost want to physically strangle this motherfucker. Yeah, look, let's just give you one short example for sake of time. We've talked about this. As Dave and I grew up in the church, and probably many of you, in primary, we were shown a painting, for example, with Joseph Smith sitting at a table translating the Book of Mormon with the plates sitting right there in front of him. We were never shown a picture of him with his fucking face in a hat looking at a rock with no plates around. Okay? So members become distraught and confused or have doubts because they discover something about the history of the church that seems to contradict what they were taught. What? Yeah, what? See, here, here, here's what's so infuriating about that. There is no fucking integrity in this man. No. No integrity at all. And yet he claims to epitomize integrity. Fuck you. No kidding. Dork. Fuck no you. No kidding. No kidding, man. Back to it. If you experience such a moment, remember that in this age of information, there are many who create doubt about anything and everything at any time and every place. You will find even those who still claim that they have evidence that the earth is flat. Ah, that I'm the moon is a hologram. <laughs> it looks like it a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, oh he's entertaining us now. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Movie stars. What? are really aliens from another planet. 
And it is always no, good to keep in mind. Doing? Oh, my God. Uh, hold this on, I'll pause. Do you see what he's doing? He's relegating critical thinking to the ridiculousness of thinking about movie stars as aliens. Yeah, right. It, In other words, if you have it, it, questions about the authenticity of the church's foundation, you're as stupid as fucking people that believe that movie stars are aliens. Wow, I think I'm offended. Yeah, and <laughs> let's laugh at how stupid that is, right? That people would think it's such silly things. Right. Let's go on. Just because something is printed on paper, appears on the internet, is frequently repeated, or has a powerful group of followers, doesn't make it true. Um, Why don't you use that against your own fucking belief system, asshole? <laughs> Jake, did you hear what he just yes, said? I know. Isn't that I'm funny? Sorry, I'm getting really upset. Isn't with that funny? Shit. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Jesus fucking christ he just oh he just he described just the church described mormonism <laughs> can you think <laughs> all right hold on back to it back to it sorry man sorry sometimes untrue claims or information are presented in such a way that they appear quite credible however <laughs> when you are confronted with information that is in conflict with the revealed word of God. Remember that the blind man in the parable of the elephant would never be able to accurately describe the full truth. We simply don't know all things. We can't see everything. What may seem contradictory now may be perfectly understandable as we search for Oh and receive God. more trustworthy information. There you go. Wow. That yeah. sounds like the happiness letter. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, wow. we could talk for five episodes just on the Uchtdorf thing there. And yeah, that, that got other my stuff. blood a little, you know, yeah. my blood pressure is really good right now, <laughs> but I think, I think it like arced out there a little bit. The disinformation, it's straight up, fucking lying yeah, yeah. Uh, you know and i don't care what parlance you're in i don't care if it's political historical whatever you're a fucking liar fuck that's right. you that's right and Sorry, you know man. the the irony behind the curtain of his talk is that a lot of the changed narrative about church history is found in the gospel topic essays on lds.org, right? There or churchischrist.org. Yep. Available. Right there. Look it up. So watch yeah. your sources, right? Okay. We have snippets, Dave, from three more talks to share. Here's one called The Truth of All Things <laughs> by Elder David F. Evans. Guy, can't wait to hear the truth of all things. Let's follow a couple snippets from Mr. Evans here and see what we can find that he says about faith. Over the years, I've asked missionaries and young people around the world how they started in their personal effort to seek truth and gain a testimony. Almost without exception, they respond that their own effort to gain a personal testimony started with the personal decision to read the Book of Mormon from the beginning and ask God if it is true. 
In doing this, they chose to act rather than to be acted upon by the doubts of others. To know the truth, we need to live the gospel and experiment uh, on the word. We are cautioned to not resist the spirit of the Lord. Okay, so two things there really fast. He's referencing Alma, experiment yeah. on the word. Alma, right? experiment. experiment, see if it has fruits. The little bit there, we're cautioned not to resist the spirit. So you feel good about something. Uh, 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 that's truth. Don't put, don't push it away as it could be something else. It's definitely truth. That's the only way to interpret that. Right. Okay. So, Whatever. So you're so, presented with the truth, the ultimate truth or whatever mm -hmm. the title of this talk is. Truth of all things. But, oh, fuck. All things. All things. But don't exercise a resistance. Submit to the feelings. Okay. So here we go. Yeah. We're going to. Repentance, coupled with the determination to keep the commandments, is an important part of each individual's search for truth. In fact, we may, be, we may need to be willing to give away all our sins in order to know the truth. We are commanded to seek learning, even by study and also by faith, and to seek out of the best books oh, words of faith. wisdom. What? Our search for truth should focus on the best books and the best sources. Among the very best are the scriptures and the words of the living prophets. So don't misinterpret, seek truth out of the best books. I think that's the Doctrine and Covenants reference, right? But I'll just give you a hint and a reminder, everybody. It's best if those sources that you turn to are the scriptures and the living prophets. Period. Yeah. Maybe nothing best. else. That's the best. Because yeah. you wouldn't want an alternative viewpoint. That's the last thing you would want if you really want to tell if something's true or not. You wouldn't want well, it, it, an it could engender doubt for fuck's sakes. I can't go there. Yeah, doubt is, yeah, that's the. So here he talks about a friend that they've known, he and his wife. I sometimes wonder if any of these examples are actually true or if these guys <laughs> think, are just, you know what I'm do saying? Do they have any friends? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> there's that too, right? But this friend who's been asking questions, you'll hear a little bit about it. This really pisses me off as well. It's almost a couple minutes here. So let's get into this. When she loves the church, but still has questions. She is uh -oh. sealed in the temple, active in the church, fulfills her callings, and is a wonderful mother and wife. Wonderful. Through the years, she has tried to do those things that she knew to be right and refrained from doing those things that she knew to be wrong. She has kept her covenants and continued to search. At times, she has been grateful to hold on to the faith of others. Not long ago, her bishop asked to see her and her husband. He asked them to accept the temple assignment to act as proxies for those who needed temple ordinances. This calling surprised them, but they accepted and began their service in the house of the Lord. Of course. Their teenage son had recently participated in family history research and found a family name for whom temple ordinances had not been completed. In time, they acted as proxy and did the temple ordinances for this person and his family. As they knelt at the altar and the sealing ordinance was performed, this wonderful patient woman who has searched for so long had a private spiritual experience by which she came uh -huh. to know that the temple and the ordinances performed therein are true and real. I'm going <laughs> to pause it there for a private, second. Private. Private <laughs> spiritual experience. Well, of course, because you, you these things are ephemeral, ethereal, yeah. ineffable. You can't share them with, well, you can try to, I know it's true. Yeah. Other, other than that, no, that's all you got. 
She called down. her mother and told her of her experience and said that while she still has some questions, she knows that the temple is true. The temple ordinances are true. <laughs> what the fuck the does that mean? True. Her mother wept yeah. with gratitude for a loving, patient Heavenly Father and uh, for a daughter who patiently continues to search. Yeah, she continues to search. And by the way, the only part of her search that really mattered in the story is the searching she did in the temple, right? Yeah. That's a takeaway there. So we're going to jump quickly to another talk here from Donald L. Hallstrom. Has the day of miracles ceased? This one kind of pisses me off. But I we're guess, gonna, I guess yeah. we're just going to get pissed off today. I guess we are. It's very troubling, and I think you'll see why. So he's talking about miracles and their relationship to faith. Okay, let's hear what he has to say here a couple of bits. In pondering the experience of the Fells family. Okay, I better pause there for just a second. He just talked about a family where a son had a hiking accident, had injuries, the doctor said, oh, this was a miracle that he came through this way, whatever. The mm -hmm. doctor, of course, using a figure of speech, probably. And, okay, well, this is... So everything ended up pretty okay with this kid and his hiking accident. So now he's starting there as I think about that family. Okay, here we go. I have thought much about the circumstances of so many others. What about the innumerable, faith-filled, priesthood blessing-receiving, unendingly prayed for, covenant-keeping, full of hope, Latter-day Saints, whose miracle God, I, never comes. I, oh. Did you catch that last part? Yes. Whose miracle never comes. What about them? Well, so, you yeah. did. Wait a minute. You crossed all your T's, dotted mm -hmm. all your I's, jumped through all the hoops, and God still fucked you in the ass. Yeah, so, you, you have faith. Uh, Let's see. No, there has to be a reasonable explanation. For yeah, that. let's see. Let's see what he says. At least in the way they understand a miracle. Uh oh. Now we're going <laughs> to redefine what a miracle now is. Now we're going to qualify this shit. Yeah. So you've had Perfect. faith all this Perfect. time to have what happened yeah. to this other family happen to your family, and it doesn't happen. At because least the way I understand miracles. Okay, well, well it, it gets worse. You got the wrong DNA, man. You got the wrong fucking... Yeah, it gets worse. Here we go. At least in the way that others appear to receive miracles. What about those who suffer from profound afflictions physically, mentally, emotionally, for years, or for decades, or for their entire mortal life? Yeah? What about those who die what so about very those, young? Fuckhead? Just two months ago, two temple recommend holding married couples with three full-time missionary children and five other children between them mm. took off in a small airplane for a short flight. I am confident that they prayed for safety before the flight oh. and prayed fervently when the aircraft encountered serious mechanical problems before crashing. None survived. So you would say, now just one moment here, okay? Avoid the circular thinking trap. According to Alma's teaching, the fruits of their faith... Was death. Was death. So wait a minute. How's this all going to make sense? Let's see what he says. What about them? Yeah, what about them? Do good people good and their loved ones have reason to ask the question posed by Mormon... Has the day of miracles ceased? Yes, is the answer. My knowledge cannot Apparently. explain why sometimes 
there is divine intervention, and other times there is not. So there's a big thing we could do an entire episode on. He said, in my limited knowledge, I can't tell you why sometimes there's divine intervention and other times there isn't. Could it be because God isn't real? I, maybe. I, but let, let's, <laughs> let's go back. Let's continue here. But perhaps we lack an understanding of what constitutes a miracle. Ah, it's our ah, problem. It's our fucking ah, fault. We got okay. the wrong definition. Let's see what that is. Yeah. Hopefully he'll tell yeah. us. Often we describe a miracle as being healed without a full explanation by medical science or as avoiding catastrophic danger by heeding a clear prompting. However, defining a miracle as a beneficial event brought about through divine power that mortals do not understand gives an expanded perspective into matters more eternal in nature. Uh, oh this my God! Also allows us to contemplate of, the oh. vital role of faith in the receipt of a miracle. No, so, there it is. Did faith. you catch the faith. two? So one yeah. is uh, oh, oh, mere mortals. Yeah, you don't fucking fucking plasmoid pieces of shit yeah. that I accidentally created who aren't capable of really anything without mm -hmm. my help yeah. and guidance. Yeah, that's the best you got. So fuck you, you're yeah. whatever. So you're missing two things. You're missing what a miracle really is and that there's an eternal perspective as well as a physical earthly perspective. You're also ah. missing the whole role that faith has with miracles. And he's going to explain that to you because... Oh. You know, please, it's please. vital that you understand this. Here we go. Moroni taught, neither at any time hath any wrought miracles until after their faith. Ammon proclaimed, God has provided a means that man through faith might work mighty miracles. The Lord revealed to Joseph Smith, for I am God, and I will show miracles unto all those who believe on my name. King Nebuchadnezzar demanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego worship the golden image he had set up as a god, threatening, if ye worship not, ye shall be cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then he taunted them with, who is that god that shall deliver you out of my hands? These three devout disciples said, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Here's the clincher. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. They possessed full confidence that God could save them. But if not, they had complete faith in his plan. So I'm going to have faith that such and such will occur. If it doesn't occur... I'm still going to have faith. I'm, I'm still on board. That I'm just not understanding his yeah. plan. So yeah, I don't know because my, again, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My that's right. That's right. There's a bigger picture thing unfolding here, but you fucking mere mortals who I, wait, I love you. I guess I love you. Do I love you? Well, it depends on the day because a lot of times I slaughter you. Yeah. Yeah. Other and days, I really love you and I care about whatever. So, in other words, keep the faith, even if there's no evidence for it, even if it doesn't bear fruit, which is converse to what Alma taught. So, what are we supposed to believe about faith? 
and, and in this case, miracles. So he quotes somebody here, Dave, that's your favorite person, one of your favorite people in the world, Lizard Man. And this is one of Lizard Man's most egregious talks that he gave, but he's going to quote a little bit of what Lizard Man said here. Here we go. Similarly, Elder David A. Bednar once asked a young man who had requested a priesthood blessing, if it is the will of our Heavenly Father that you are transferred by death in your youth to the spirit world to continue your ministry, do you mm. have the faith to submit to his will and not be healed? Do we have the faith not to be healed from our earthly afflictions so that we might be healed eternally? Well, uh, okay, so what he said is, no matter what fucking happens, God is behind it. If right. you die, it's his plan. If you live, it's his plan. Why can't you fucking submit and just get on board with this fucking program yeah. here? Yeah. What is your problem? Oh, ye faithless generation of vipers. <laughs> <laughs> so never mind again the example that Jesus himself showed where with the faith... He literally physically healed people in a miraculous fashion. Never mind Alma's teaching that you'll get fruits. Never mind the teaching Joseph himself made up and said in the Doctrine and Covenants about the priesthood power to heal, that you could literally seal on earth and heaven, you could move fucking mountains, you could do things that God maybe even wouldn't have, maybe have done himself, but they're righteous, right? You have faith. So God can't hold it back from you, basically. So you have that power and you can do these healings and so forth, miraculous things. When Moroni said, has the day of miracles ceased, that he's referencing in the title of his talk, that whole section Moroni is about, hey guys, if physical miracles have stopped, so has your faith. That was Moroni's so, message. It, it's your fault. Everything that goes well. Bad. That's the point, though. Like there was no talk in Moroni's message of well, but if you're not healed, it wasn't because lack of faith. It's because well, you're you're eternal blessings, and you don't understand God's. There was none of that waffling okay, in Moroni's so message. Add-ons, <laughs> addendums. Right. Uh, so talk to us about the placebo yeah. effect, Dave. That okay, well so I wrote a paper about 12 years ago called Healing Beliefs about the placebo effect because it is important to understand that the mind is very powerful and can create physical effects in the body. So I'm just going to jump right to this statement. Uh, it's my closing statement on this paper. Neurological research reveals that before we consciously color the world around us with our thinking and acquired beliefs, brain mechanisms mark our perceptions, forming opinions and assigning emotional values. Mm. Before we even have a chance to mull over the presence of a new sight or sound, regions of our brain react by assigning an initial 
but influential value to it. These automatically make us incapable of utter objectivity. And that objective facts that can be distinguished from intangible or subjective aspects of life. Final sentence here. And because beliefs and emotions are ephemeral and imperceptible, Western medicine has largely assumed that their effects are not physical or measurable. But neurological researchers and those of us delving into the considerable measurable effects that beliefs can have on the human body are painting a very different portrait of human physiology and human life with discoveries destined to change the way health care is conducted. That's right. Excellent, excellent statements there, Dave. Just a comment on the neurological science piece. It used to be a hypothesis, which you kind of allude to, right, in your paper as well there, that the mind had potential impact on the body. Folks, it is now a science. The science is... Provable? Is that the word? Uh, It's demonstrable, yeah. I mean, it has evidence. So... The science is called psychoneuroimmunology. It's kind of a mouthful. Basically, you can pick that apart, though, and see it means, you know, your your psyche effect on your neurological system and your, Im- your immune system. It has an actual measurable effect. And, you know, we'll leave it at that. If you want to learn more about it, you can look it up. Because we are going long in this episode, Dave, we're going to share a couple more little clips, and then we'll call it good. We've got an excerpt here from Firm and Steadfast in the Faith of Christ by D. Todd Christofferson. Mr. Slanty Eye. Yes. <laughs> so let's jump to the first spot here. A man who grew up in the church, served as a full-time missionary, and married a lovely woman, was surprised huh. when some of his siblings began speaking critically of the church and the prophet Joseph Smith. After a time, they left the church and tried to persuade him to follow. As Mm. often happens in such cases, they bombarded him with essays, podcasts, and videos produced Ah. by critics, most of whom were themselves disaffected former members of the church. His siblings mocked his faith, telling him that he was gullible and misled. He didn't have answers for all their assertions, and his faith began to waver under the relentless opposition. He wondered if he should stop attending church. He talked with his wife. He talked with people he trusted. He prayed. In this troubled state of mind, he recalled occasions when he had felt the Holy Spirit and had received a witness of the truth by the Spirit. He concluded, If I'm honest with myself, I must admit, that the Spirit has touched me more than once, and the testimony mm. of the Spirit is real. Yeah. Okay. I was so in that boat. disregard everything else. Yeah, everybody. Everything else goes by the yeah. wayside. Everybody I've talked to has had that doubt yeah. when they were leaving the church. Well, what about yes, those times true. when I felt the Spirit? Here's the point. The times when you felt those feelings... You interpreted those feelings as meaning something that you were taught that they meant. 
and endorsing they the validity of the church. Right, and they didn't mean that. That's the fallacy. You were taught when you feel good about something that it means it's true. And that's <laughs> false. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. What else do you express? And so he, yeah. he's presented with all of this truth from and evidence from his siblings in this story, which is bound to shake your quote unquote faith, your belief in something with no evidence, and because they have evidence. And then he falls back on what does he fall back on? Not evidence, but feelings. Not only that, one of the conclusions that said person would make is that my siblings have obviously never had the witness that I've had. Yes. They're, they're right. part of the fucking two-thirds mm -hmm. or whatever portion of Satan's <laughs> people. <laughs> two-thirds. Yeah. You know, oh, God, I'm it. sorry that you're part of my family, but you're also following Satan. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're misguided misperceptions about, oh, fuck. And whatever. if he were to have asked his siblings... That's part of the story he didn't share here. His siblings, every one of them, probably would have said, "Oh yeah, I felt the spirit. What I what I was taught was the spirit." Right. Many That's times. That's true. I That's felt true. it too. But dude, there's something about I don't know reality and history. Fuck reality. <laughs> that tells me maybe that feeling isn't what I thought it was. Isn't what I was taught it was. So here's his last little tidbit on the faith, David, that members should develop. Here we go. I believe the principles expressed in these verses apply to all of us. The temptations and tribulations we experience, plus any testing that the Lord sees fit to impose. Okay, hold on. Any testing the Lord sees fit to impose. Doesn't that create a wonderful image of God upon you? Again, back to this premise that life itself the entirety of the experience is a fucking test yeah a test of your faith okay here we go I believe the principles expressed in these verses apply to all of us the temptations and tribulations we experience plus any testing that the lord sees fit mm -hmm. to impose can lead to our full conversion and healing ah. but this happens if and only if we do not harden our hearts or stiffen our necks oh. against him. Something if got we stiff, remain firm anyway. and steadfast, come what may, we achieve the conversion the Savior intended when he said to Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. A conversion so complete that it cannot be undone. There you go. A, a mind fucking that is so complete that it can't be reversed. That's Thank you. Right. Yeah, The mind fuckery is so deep at every level that you can never back out. Thank you, God. I, yep. I'm on your side forever. Thank you. So please don't doubt. Please don't listen to your siblings or friends when they present you with evidence as you hold on to feelings about something for which you have no evidence. And in fact... Moroni lied and Alma lied in the Book of Mormon when they said, if you have faith, you'll see fruits, especially Moroni's message that the only reason physical miracles even would, would not happen is your lack of faith. It comes right back down to faith. If you have faith, everything, yeah. then yeah. miracles will happen, according to Moroni, 
Well, now we're being corrected. Moroni's being corrected. Hope you don't mind, Moroni. Because now we're being told, if you have faith, eh, the miracle still may not happen. Because God's kind of whimsical that way. So <laughs> you may just have to wait for eternal blessings. Yeah. So why but, do we have you, priesthood blessings? You only, live, you only live once. And yeah. so don't fuck it up. Yeah, because, so, so look at where that yeah. relegates priesthood blessings. Not only are, so they're no longer a blessing to, uh, to help people with their ailments here. They're now just another test of your faith. That's what a priesthood blessing is now. Thank because you. it could happen or it could not. Nobody knows, by the way. And so roll the dice. I'll give you a blessing. By the way, what I'm really giving you here when I lay my hands on your head is a test of faith. I'm not giving you a blessing, motherfucker. Thank you. God, you know, my love for God has increased. <laughs> it's magnified. I I <laughs> repent of all my past errors. Yes. And I am on God's team now. I, I'm convinced. Uh, I was hoping this episode and the length and effort we put into it, Dave, would change your mind and bring you back Thank to the you. fold. God. And, you know, and I love yes. bro, I love you because you were the vehicle of that conversion, that ultimate conversion. Well, you know, I I had to be converted first to be strong enough and convert you, Dave. And I hand that to my father-in-law as he embraced me not long after we left the church. And he whispered in my ear, come back, brother. Come back to what you know is true. Yeah. That's what really stuck with me and... You know. So when you get sick and you vomit, please come back to that pile of vomit <laughs> and look it up. Look it up, every fucking bit of it. Yeah, Suck it down God. because that's your yeah, whatever. Uh, bro. Well, thanks for having patience with us in this extra long episode today, guys. You well, can tell, our, our previous yeah. episode was shorter, so hey, yeah, man. You know, Ten minutes this way or that way. Yeah, you can tell what our thoughts are about this whole concept of faith. And, well, there you go. It's the first major principle of the gospel, right? So. Oh, living on a prayer. Okay. I'm <laughs> I, I am not. Living on a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, kind of a letdown. Sorry, I guys. Half, half of our listeners are asleep. <laughs> They're like, are you guys done That's yet? Okay. That's uh, okay. We love you we guys. <laughs> we do love you. We care about you. And this is ultimately why we show up the way we do. We literally completely care about you. We love you. Whatever phase you're in. If you're just thinking about leaving, if you've left years ago, it doesn't matter. This is the light that shines in the darkness. Yes. And along those lines with today's thoughts, right? Faith is not something you should be ashamed of having when you were following the church. But it's something that you can recognize as you work through this was an absolute tool to gaslight you right into circles yeah. circular logic some kids and, go yeah. when yes. they sit spin <laughs> full circle full circle there it is there it is 
back to sitting and spinning. So thanks, guys. I don't know about you, Dave. I'm going to go sit and spin. (laughs) I'm way overdue for a good spinach. (laughs) Wait. Popeye. Hang on. (laughs) I fight to the finish because I eat me spinach.